The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Hello, friend. Welcome once again to Grace in Focus. We are beginning a new series today on the wisdom literature of the Old Testament. Joining us for today's discussion is David Renfro, along with Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates, and this will be a short one-week series. Now, which books in the Old Testament do you think would have the most wisdom literature? Obviously, I think Proverbs comes to mind. And how does wisdom literature help us? So we will get to the introduction to our study in just a moment. Right now, I want to tell you about our website, faithalone.org, where you will find many different types of resources, articles, videos, podcasts, how to get a free subscription to our magazine, Grace and Focus. I will tell you more about it at the end of our discussion, but for now, it's faithalone.org. Now, gentlemen, let's get going with a discussion about wisdom literature and the Old Testament. Take it away. We're here with who? The most holy, right reverend, David R. Renfro. Wow, I didn't know his middle initial was R. Did you well, make that up? It's, or is that... it's M. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> all right, so we're going to be doing a, a short series on... Proverbs and... Kind of a short introduction to the wisdom literature of the Old Testament. It is fascinating to study because uh, it covers everything. The primary books of wisdom literature in the Old Testament, of course, are Job, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. And if you look at that, what's Job's number one issue? Why is evil happening? Why is God allowing evil to that righteous man? Right. So it's wisdom literature that is geared toward the problem of evil, toward the righteous. Right. And then you have the book of Proverbs, which is a whole bunch of sayings, hundreds of them, that deal with things that you and I have some control over, like our mouth, (laughs) what we say and what we do. But then there's this other book called the book of Ecclesiastes, and it deals with things that we don't have an idea of why it's there. For example... All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. How does that happen? (laughs) You know, it's things that we cannot control. Mm -hmm. Ecclesiastes is a fascinating book. Maybe sometime we can do a series on Ecclesiastes. But I think the, the wisdom literature of the Old Testament covers a lot of the things that you and I go through. Um, Who hasn't thought so-and-so, or even myself, I'm going through a horrible time and God's allowing this. Why? You wonder what's going on, or you see what's going on in the world, and why does God allow those kinds of things? Yeah, that's right. There's things that are totally out of our control, and how are we supposed to deal with it? And, of course, what's interesting about Ecclesiastes is vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Well, the word vanity means temporary, you know, like vapor, like on a cold on day. On a cold morning. Right. Yeah, you, right. See the, you see your breath, and then boom, it's gone after, in a split second. And that's what it says about everything in the world is, is vanity. Including it's, life. <laughs> including life. And so a lot of Ecclesiastes deals with that emptiness or that temporariness, if you will. How we should view life in light of that. Is that Ex- right? And also the other thing, and it's a kind of a parallel message to the vanity of life, is in spite of the vanity of life, we are to enjoy our life. Yeah. And then, okay, well, how do I do that? And there are some statements in the book of Ecclesiastes that help us with that. It's fascinating. 
Well, let me ask you a question. How does the book of Psalms relate to wisdom literature? The book of Psalms, the primary reason for the book of Psalms is they are songs for us to sing and Mm -hmm. worship. But there's a category of Psalms that are wisdom literature. I mentioned this in our series on the Psalms. Right. Goodness knows when, a long time ago. (laughs) But like my favorite is Psalm 73, which is definitely a wisdom Psalm. The primary emphasis of Psalm 73 is wisdom. Okay. So there are wisdom Psalms, but not all of them are, because most of them deal with praise or lament of some kind. But there are these called wisdom Psalms that really bring out the concept and the whole principle of wisdom, as we see in the book of Proverbs, pretty much. And also, I wonder about the Song of Solomon. Is that wisdom literature? Some people think so. It probably could be thrown in there. Um, It has a specific kind of a narrow view, right? but uh, it could be. Um, the interesting thing about Proverbs is, I've mentioned this before on on the show, is uh, half the Old Testament is poetry. The book of Proverbs is poetry. But not poetry like we know it in Mary America. had a little lamb, you know, and so on. The way I explain it is English poetry, we rhyme sounds. The Hebrews rhyme ideas. And sometimes they say the same thing twice in one verse. That would be like synonymous parallelism. Oh, you are so technical. Oh, thank you. You I'm impressed. I'm impressed. It's a jump back Loretta. (laughs) Who's Loretta? (laughs) I have no idea. But see, you have the synonymous parallelism is the psalmists use this a lot. They say the same thing twice, which is really helpful because if we don't understand the first sentence, the second sentence helps us understand. But sometimes they're the it. opposite. Exactly. And what's that called? That's called antithetical parallelism. I like wow. that. I forgot. That but could on, be a, a question on Jeopardy sometime, right? Exactly. Yes. Most of the book of Proverbs, most of these Proverbs are antithetical. And the way you can know it's antithetical is the first line might say, the wise does this, but the fool Foolish, does it? this. That's so, anti- so they're polar opposites. They are opposites. One helps explain the other when they use some of these technical terms that you're going to see in the book of Proverbs. Now, when was this book written and who, singular or plural, wrote this book? Well, it says in Proverbs 1.1, the Proverbs of Shlomo. Who's Shlomo? Is that wait a minute? Is that uh, Groucho Marx's brother? Yeah, Shlomo. Shlomo. <laughs> I was thinking of one of the Three Stooges. Well, oh, see, Groucho Marx wasn't one. He of wasn't the three one. Stooges. I'm talking about Curly Larry and Moe. Oh, there you go. Larry. Yeah. Well, that's the Hebrew <laughs> pronunciation of Solomon. It says the Proverbs of Solomon, but later in the book, some chapters are a collection of proverbs from other folks. You know, other people, and they've been put together in this book of Proverbs. But the vast majority of the book of Proverbs was written by Solomon, a wise man. As a matter of fact, you might want to read the first part of 1 Kings chapter 3 when Solomon gets the throne and the Lord confronts him, okay, what do you want? Now that you're king, what do you want? Solomon could have asked for anything and probably the Lord would have given him whatever. He asked for wisdom. Or he asked for discernment on how to how to rule this people. And the Lord, it says, it pleased the Lord that Solomon asked for that. And so he, um, the Lord gave him wisdom like nobody has ever had. And the Hebrew word for wisdom means what? Skill. Skill. So, so, so you'd, if you want to know how to live, 
you're going to learn that through wisdom literature, skill in living. I think it's very interesting that the word for skill, and when when we talk about that, the first time this word is used is in the book of Exodus, ah. and it describes the people who are building the tabernacle, the woodsmiths, the goldsmiths, the people who make the curtains for the tabernacle. These are people that are master. We would call them master craftsmen, and I think it's fascinating that same word to use for skill or master craftsman is used in Proverbs, mm-hmm. and when I preach this passage, I say, The reason it's used here is the book of Proverbs is designed to make you and me a master craftsman at our lives. Would it be correct to say, as as Bob kind of said it, skillful living? Skillful living, yeah. The way I say it is it's like a, a potter that has this unshaped lump of clay. And this potter who's a master craftsman or woman turns that lump of clay into a beautiful vase. And the idea is the same thing with life, to take this unformed, undisciplined thing called my life and turn it into a beautiful work of art to where people go, "Never, yeah. I've never seen that that's before. That's good. And that's what the book of Proverbs is designed to do for us. So Solomon was around, what, 950 B.C., somewhere in there, 900? Um, yeah, David was 1000 B.C. to, and I think probably around 950, 900 B.C. But... This goes like chapter 31, parts of chapter 31. Mm-hmm. Who wrote chapter 31? Lemuel? Uh, King, King, Lemuel? King Lemuel. And it has to do with... Um, and we don't know when when King Lemuel was, do we? No, we really don't. Um, and there's some editor, right, that put the whole thing together. Correct. And all that's part of inspiration, even the editorial activity. I believe that our personal infinite creator can control how somebody puts this stuff together right. and remain its inspiration. Yes. This is another point that I want to make. If you read the book of Proverbs, especially you'll hear Solomon say, my son, my son, implying that and he's not talking about his literal son no he's not but the implication of son means that women are exempt from wisdom oh i didn't know that so i can tell sharon she doesn't have to be wise don't have to you don't have a thing to worry about oh it's just the males okay uh yeah i'm not going to do that (laughs) (laughs) since you have four daughters i know there's no way i'm going to do that a wife and four daughters now let me just say this now don't some people think that lemuel is solomon some people believe that that he's writing under false name like so many authors do or that was a nickname maybe that one of his many wives called him or, oh, or yeah did he have a lot of wives i've heard he did yeah hundreds it could have been we don't know but um the interesting thing about proverbs is it also is geared toward women as well because chapter 31 is about the wise woman right and all through the book of proverbs you'll see my son listen to the words of your father and your mother yeah. Which implies that the mother is wise, too. She has to learn wisdom, too. So this is not some male thing, you know. It's all of us need this wisdom to pass on to other generations in order for them to get on this path to wisdom. That is great. And it is a path in Proverbs, right? It's kind of called the way or the path. That's right, yeah. It's the way of wisdom, the way of the righteous, the way of life. Isn't it called the way of life sometimes? Right. And it is a path. You have to make a choice to get on that path. So we're going to get into this more as we go, and we're going to talk about who the righteous are, who the wise are. Is this all 
is this just believers or could this also be unbelievers who are wise and who are the fools who are the wicked who are the ones who are on the path of death is that just unbelievers or un, or are believers sometimes on the path of wickedness and the path of death we'll get into all that in our next session we're going to focus in especially on the first seven verses of chapter one right and i would say this anyone who lives a wise life is going to keep grace in focus thank you gentlemen for that great discussion did you miss an episode of grace in focus that you really wanted to hear just come to faithalone.org that's faithalone.org We have all our past episodes right there on the site. In addition, we have all kinds of free resources available for you. It's all designed to help you mature and grow in your understanding of Scripture. So come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On this program, we keep our requests for financial partners to a minimum. But if you are interested in becoming a financial partner with Grace in Focus... You can find out how to do that at faithalone.org. Our team is really great about answering questions, comments, and feedback. If you've got some, we hope to hear from you. Let me give you our email address so you can do just that. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next Grace and Focus, we will learn about three different people in wisdom literature, the wise person, the fool, and the naive person. Please join us again for Grace in Focus. This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.